Hi, this is Danny Ryan, the VP of Business Development for Three Will, and I'm here with uh, Pete Skelly, our Director of Technology. Thanks for joining me this morning, Pete. Hey, how you doing, Danny? We're continuing our conversation from a white paper that uh, Pete and others have written on the new business operating system. And uh, what we'd like to discuss in this episode is the business impact of continuous delivery. And uh, you start this all off with a, a quote from Satya Nadella. What is, what's continuous delivery? How's that changing things? Just give me a little bit of a background on the whole concept of continuous delivery. Sure. So um, from a historical perspective, uh, you know, software has always been delivered sort of on-prem or in a CD and you had to install software. So um, that also was uh, meant that you know, that there was a long lead time for some of those updates. So if you're waiting on, you know, Windows Server, uh, the next version to come out, typically it was somewhere in a three-year three, three year cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just look at the SharePoint products. You got 2003, 2007, 2010, 2013. So, mm-hmm. you know, typically the, the release cycle was a, a long, long-range uh, planning effort on most um, enterprise uh, efforts. But Microsoft uh, really changed that game with moving to Office 365 and, and Microsoft Azure and basically changed not just their planning and release cycles, but how they deliver software. So now um, with Office 365, you get this continuous delivery, the concept of um, basically having software delivered to you, um, you know, almost daily if needed, but mm-hmm. uh, typically on more of a monthly cycle than, you know, annually uh, even. And then for large releases, you know, that there might be something that, uh, as, as most of the product managers from Microsoft for SharePoint have, have said, um, they'll be rolling changes back into SharePoint on-prem, but, you know, you may not see all those features and you may not see them on the same time frame. So um, really, the continuous delivery, kind of that evergreen mentality of I'm going to get features all the time is what has the most significant change. Um, And it's a huge shift. I mean, really what ends up happening is Microsoft basically um, shifted from sort of that, uh, you know, three-year delivery cycle to continuous delivery. And that impacts really how we provide and not just services organizations or three will specifically, but even enterprise IT. How how do you provide value? How do you kind of plan for uh, delivery, licensing, support, maintenance? Uh, all that's changed with this concept of uh, kind of continuous delivery. Mm. I can imagine it could um, cause some anxiety because you're just you know because of the way that you're used to soft- getting your software, and now it's. It seems like there could be the perception of, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, with the three-year cycles, like it or not. And we were seeing, I think we were seeing a lot of um, other, like we've done some work with Jive Software, and they they had quicker releases to the software, so they could be, be more innovative in what they were putting out. But it's just a, it's a, it's a sort of a, it is a new world with with the release cycles that are coming out and uh, how quickly that they are coming out. Yeah, it, uh, you know, most uh, most of the community discussion around some of these changes um, 
has been positive, but there's been pockets of mm-hmm. kind of you know, well, this is this is you know garbage. How could they release this? But if you look at other you know kind of quote Salesforce has always been called quote born in the clouds. Yeah, and, you know they they've had this delivery mechanism for years. Uh, but I think to be fair to Microsoft and to be fair to you know their install base, they they you know they're they're going to get a bad rap if they don't take care of some of those um, um, you know regression testing and, and things that they really need to be aware of. They've got client billions of, of installations of Windows out there, so they can't just mm-hmm. you know kind of make a change wholesale quickly. So being able to say, you know, the on-prem products are going to have releases rolled in at a different rate, I think, is a, is a fair statement. And they're, they're still learning. I think the, yeah. the pace of change is huge. The bottom line is that whole continuous delivery cycle really, um, it fundamentally changes CTOs, CIOs, um, IT pros and architects, how, how you have to deal with delivering value based on a product set that's going to continually change and, and kind of innovate. So, you know, how do you do that? Do you, uh, what do you, what do you talk about from a, a change management perspective? How do you have processes? What do you, what do you do from a development or custom development perspective? Mm-hmm. Um, the whole concept of uh, DevOps, um, that's, that's a huge area that's uh, growing and, and, you know, you got to pay attention to those things. So it's no longer this kind of, well, I purchased a suite of products and I, you know, worry about a migration. Um, you really got to think about how am I going to kind of integrate these services over the long haul. Some of the more recent things that Microsoft's come out with, things like the Azure App Services, I mean, that's really playing into what we've seen for the last two years with a lot of the things that we've done with clients and even prototypes internally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think from then also this reminds me sort of a, you know, with the um, Microsoft's acquisition of Yammer a couple of years back, I think even probably bigger than the, you know, what they got as far as a product of Yammer is they were influenced by the way that Yammer delivers delivers what Yammer is and, and the continuous delivery model has influenced the, the other teams and, uh, you know, that, that, that it's a fundamental change, I think, and for us, especially us in the SharePoint world, or maybe everybody else as well, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a, there's, there's big differences uh, between those two models. Yeah, and I, I, definitely growing pains. I mean, there's, there's things that have happened um, I think they're learning rapidly though, yeah. you know, probably, I think a year ago now, um, we had some issues where, uh, just some of the scripting, the JavaScript behind the scenes, uh, was changed. Um, and there was almost no way that we could have known that something was going to change. But, you know, I think Microsoft's got, gotten much better at communication. Um, uh, there's probably still some things they could do better. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there is a roadmap. Uh, as far as feature set, there is uh, kind of ways that you can kind of provide feedback. Uh, the product group has uh, user voice. So, I, I mean, all in all, I think that the story is very compelling about how quickly they're moving and how much they've made a change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, very interesting times. Yeah. Uh, now, it's what's it's interesting to, to talk um, sort of about what, what could be perceived of a, as a loss of control, you know, being on an evergreen service and sort of uh, moving over to this new world of continuous delivery. But then, you know, you, you bring up and focus in on doing this on your own terms. 
what is that what is, what do you mean by that what is you know what what are we what are you saying when you say you're well you can make this move but you can make this move on your own terms yeah I think um, kind of one thing to back up just a, a step um, you know you've got this really short span of time that you need to deal with things uh, coming at you mm-hmm. um, that cycle of you know three years there's there's a, a talk that I had listened to in YouTube a long time ago by Ben Hammersley. Um, basically, he has a quote that says, "Our ability to plan has been compromised." And and he was speaking in some uh, slightly different terms, but from a strategic direction, um, that change to continuous delivery has really compromised our ability to say, "Hey, let's let's look at five years out." You know, three to five years used to be the typical strategy, and then. It would take you that long to plan the migration off of what you were on typically in, in the past for a server product or a database system or yeah. et cetera. But now, you know, so you talk to some of the, the pundits of the world, and I, I won't name names, but certain companies that come out with white papers and strategies. Um, and I think they're, they always say that the question isn't, you know, if you're going to go to the cloud, but when. So they, I think mm-hmm. the mentality of a lot of folks is, it's, everything's going to go to the cloud. And I, I, we just don't see that. Um, it kind of ignores a lot of the real-world challenge challenges that are out, out there and really completely oversimplifies the real issue. Um, move into the cloud as far as we're concerned and what our customers really see is, how do I go on my terms? You know, So I'm probably going to have data on-premises that... Um, needs to be secured differently or is a legacy system that uh, you know it's it's lifetime is might be limited and I want to get off of it but it's got to remain on-prem I don't want to go through the effort of putting it in the cloud mm-hmm. so how do I deal with those things you know um, I think the oversimplification that a lot of uh, you know uh, some of the pundits of the world uh, they, they don't account for uh, what it really takes to kind of integrate over time. You know, mm-hmm. large enterprises, uh, typically it's an oversimplification, but to, to what we've seen, um, the decision to move to the cloud is more about, uh, it, it's not just about compute power, power and storage. Um, it's more about what does the cloud bring us from an opportunity perspective um, how can I be more productive? Uh, how can I be more secure? Um, how do I move to the cloud and take advantage of things uh, like you know my devices, but do it in mm-hmm. a secure way? How could I have people you know in a BYOD scenario, but be able to wipe those devices or at least get my data off of those devices? How do I uh, kind of integrate with big big data and machine learning? How do I get those things without kind of expanding my on-premises footprint? And that really is what the cloud is all about. It's it's about moving on your terms and getting the value as, as your business uh, can get the value over time and not kind of interrupting everything. You know, no business really can say, hey, let's stop everything, go, go to the cloud, and then you know uh, everything will be great. That's not how the world works. And you know, so going to the cloud on your terms. And we mentioned before in, in our other conversations, I mean, hybrid is the enterprise cloud for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, one of the, th- you, you end up uh, having a couple great diagrams, I think, when you're describing of what the new business operating system is. Um, 
and you know how it's a combination of really it's a you know Office 365, Azure, and and Microsoft's you know sort of the the combination of both the on-premise and and the cloud-based products. Um, why why call us a new business operating system? What is it? Is it is it is it, is it an iteration of something that we've that sort of we've led up to this or? What's the, you know, putting all these together, why call it a new business operating system? What's the thought behind that? Yeah, kind of like uh, diagrams in a, in a podcast are difficult to describe. <laughs> sort of like, what my, do you my, see? My, I have a face see. for radio. Those, yes. those, those diagrams you. are perfect for this. Um, Thank you, brother. No, the, 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 I think the thing that most people think of or some of the diagrams mm -hmm. you might see or, or uh, architecture diagrams they tend to oversimplify the, the situation. And I think one of the, the, the first, you know, when I do the kind of present this topic to folks, um, the first thing that I like to do is typically lay out, you know, what what's it really look like? You know, you start with, um, you've got SharePoint on-premises and, and somebody kind of comes to you, your CFO might come and say, I want to start taking advantage of uh, you know, cloud services or commodity services, and then you've got to wire up, a, you know, Active Directory, AD, uh, Dersync, and um, then you've got Office 365 and on-prem SharePoint. And then mm -hmm. slowly over time, you build to, you know, then having IaaS services in the cloud and moving something maybe Greenfield out to uh, public cloud. And then you might have IaaS services internally where you want to, you know, have that uh, wired up to the cloud as well. And, mm -hmm. and it just get, builds and gets more and more complicated. But I think that's reality, right? Mm -hmm. and, you know, having that kind of complexity in your in your environment from an enterprise perspective is going to be there. And then I think that from an integration perspective, it really shows, okay, I can have on-prem to cloud. I can have cloud to cloud. I can have, you know, partner to partner. Um, cloud integrations. I can have private and public uh, cloud. Um, and then if I have, you know, different needs, like I want a, uh, you know, a PC mall or, or a rack space or somebody else that's actually going to provide me a different level of service than, say, uh, Microsoft Azure or any of the other providers, um, I can have that too. And I can integrate across those. So really it is that sort of uh, hybrid mentality and kind of going piecemeal, um, mm -hmm. getting there on your own terms. Um, and then, you know, really what we talked about, um, we wrote, a, so Three Will and, and several other folks when SharePoint 2010 came out, uh, it really was finally to, in our opinion, uh, mature enough to really build products on and, mm -hmm. and integrate. It had such a great level of service application integration where you could build products and you could integrate services on top of the platform. So it really was uh, 2010, SharePoint 2010 really became sort of that platform where you could build things. And in the white paper that we had for 2010, uh, we kind of made that uh, analogy of SharePoint being an operating system. And, and there were several folks that coined the term, I forget who it was, uh, new business operating system. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, excuse me, business operating system. And so this really, this white paper, the, the kind of new business operating system takes that to another level saying, um, you know, if SharePoint was a business operating system, really this is kind of the next generation, looking at it from multiple levels. If you look, you know, very high uh, at the first layer, typically, 
in an operating system to oversimplify it, obviously. But you know, in a desktop OS, you're all familiar with different applications, Word, etc. Um, you know, word processing, email. You might have a browser, and those things are going to remain constant in the new business operating system. But now I've got things like devices. I've got applications which. Uh, have different form factors or different feature sets based on what device I might be using. So might be rich in a, in a laptop environment or kind of single focus in a, a, a phone, for example. Um, but in an operating system, that's really kind of that, that layer that I can get in and out of. Um, from a security perspective, you know, if I was on a desktop operating system, I really needed to know, you know, who was doing what uh, what groups they might be in, how could I provision uh, certain applications. Um, so, you know, understanding uh, how I could audit, provide access to, and, and group users, um, that was typically done with Active Directory and then group policy and those types of things. Well, that new business operating system has to account for that. So yeah. having Azure Active Directory and, and some of the things that a, a, an Office 365 tenant gives you and then combining that with all of your on-prem services, you still get those those uh, types of things like group policies, things that enable you to uh, provide access to, to people, provide applications and provision applications to people. But you're not constrained by, you know, okay, I have to give you a new laptop. I could let someone have their own hardware and then be able to kind of manage those resources, applications and, and access and security groups, et cetera. Um, through things like Azure Active Directory um, and then through the tooling um, based on the role that it might be in or groups that it might be in. Okay. So I still have that security, but now it's kind of taken out and, and broader in scope. Um, the Really the kind of the biggest layer to me um, is that services layer and you know from the old operating system when you save a file you don't really you know it's it's such a, a uh, mundane activity that you don't necessarily think of all the things that are going on when you do that, right? Sure. Well, if you take that up into the cloud, you know, you've got to start to think of, okay, if I'm going to consume an API or if I'm going to look at an application that integrates across multiple services, um, how do I customize that? How do I integrate that? Um, those are where the real opportunities are going to happen in the next few years. Mm -hmm. um, looking at you know, uh, the joke is everybody's got an API now. Um, and if you look at some of the tooling out there, I mean, you know, there's there's tools out there that you can literally go out and kind of write your own API and test it within minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, being able to do that means, okay, how do I code in that environment? How do I build business solutions that are resilient enough? If I take a dependency on a Salesforce, for example, and integrate my Exchange environment in Office 365 with Salesforce. Yeah. What if I do that? You know, how do I kind of make sure that I'm getting a business process that's got some continuity to it that's not going to go down completely if there's a network interruption or if there's uh, just some you know, some network latency uh, that mm -hmm. I experience on a short-term basis. Um, so looking at it from an operating system perspective and trying to deal with okay, how do I deal with um, the inability to get to a, a resource for a short period of time. Well, your operating system, Windows, Mac, doesn't matter. That It has to deal with that. Well, the cloud, you have to deal with that as well. So gotcha. Looking at it from that perspective, you're looking at like core services that Azure uh, Windows Server is going to provide, System Center, on-premises features of, the, of that new business operating system. 
And then how does the uh, kind of cloud capability, so if I have an Office 365 tenant, um, how does that integrate with what's on-premise uh, and you know, how do I wire up those services? So it's kind of a, a, a building on what we said in, in 2010, it's just kind of how the world has changed. Great, great. So we have got uh, what I'd like to, to cover in the next um, upcoming episodes are we want to go through and, and talk about some of the barriers to moving to the new business operating system and then uh, talk through some of the benefits. So uh, again, I appreciate your time, Pete, and thanks for um, really sharing some of the details on the white paper. And uh, again, you can download the white paper from uh, 3will.com. Uh, go into the resources section, you'll see it there. Uh, thanks again so much, Pete, for your time. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening, everyone.